date for sure, but it's been a month and a half. Oof. Is that how long it's been? I don't think it's that long. Maybe a month. A month? It feels like a lot longer than a month. Yeah. Not to me. I, I've, <laughs> I've had a new baby keeping me up at night. Yeah. So for you, it feels like about yesterday. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels like a lot longer. At least when I, when we had our kids, it feels it feels longer with with my kid, right? Yeah. It feels longer with, with our new with our new little three week old daughter or four weeks, I guess she's four weeks now. Uh, it feels long with her, but then when I start thinking back to like music stuff, it's like, oh yeah, we were just here. We <laughs> we we were doing that. Just I don't know, like when uh, I took three weeks off mm-hmm. after Haley was born. And that three weeks went by so fast. And when I when I came back to to church, I was like, "Wow, really? I I, I feel I feel like I should I feel like I should have longer or something. It, it seems like it should should yeah. have been longer." Well, we're back. We are, and uh, we're going strong again. Yes, worship ministry catalyst, networking resource for all worship leaders, worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. My name is David. And and I'm Kevin. I'm a make a little daddy. tweak on our sound here. Daddy Cruz, Daddy Kevin, <laughs> Daddy again. Yes, Daddy Volume Two, Two Point Yeah, I'm Daddy Two Point That yeah. was one of the themes I threw out as a potential Easter idea yesterday. Was Jesus Two Point <laughs> <laughs> Did it get shot down? Yeah, it uh, did. Easter planning. Yeah, but Love so. It. Yeah, so Daddy. so uh, my wife and I we had a uh, our second daughter, daughter number two, Haley Grace Cruz, born on January twenty sixth, two thousand ten, at uh, ten thirty four a.m. She was eight pounds eight ounces and nineteen three quarter inches long, and uh, she's about four weeks old now. And it's been awesome. It's four weeks. Four weeks. I know, and and that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's been it's been kind of long with her. You know, those long nights where she's up crying, and you're trying to get her to go back to sleep, or you're feeding her at three in the morning, um, changing her diaper. You know that that stuff. It 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 feels it feels like an eternity. You know. Yeah. Uh, but then when you look at the whole picture, it's like wow. It's already been four weeks, and you know I'm back at work now. I've, I've been back at work for like a week and a half, and and it's crazy. I, I I came back to the office, and it it felt like I'd only been gone for a couple of days. And you pick up where you left off, and I don't know. It it just it feels like it should, I'm like I could have used another couple of weeks. Yeah, three I, weeks wasn't enough. When Hannah was born, I was finishing up Multnomah. It was my oh. last semester at Multnomah. Yeah. And she was born like the first day of spring break. So I had a week. But then like the next five weeks, I don't remember anything about. I don't have any clue what happened during those five weeks. Wow. What, what a, I don't know what happened at school. <laughs> I don't know what happened at church. <laughs> I can kind of remember Hannah <laughs> about that period it's, of time. It's tough. You know, but, it's, it's hard because you're not getting a lot of sleep. You know, I I haven't been getting sleep. Um, you know, so you're always kind of a little tired, but you know, you, you still, you still need to go to work. You still have to function. You still have to live life. Um, you know, so like you, you just, you just kind of adapt your, your body adapts to getting, mm-hmm. you know, four or five hours of broken up sleep. 
which is probably about what I'm averaging. You mm-hmm. know, the, Melanie and I, we've, we've tried to, you know, work out a system as best as we can, um, you know, assuming that Haley actually cooperates with our <laughs> schedule. On paper, it sounds really good. Yeah. We, we feed her out of, um, so I'll feed her at, at 11, 11, 15, um, and then I'll put her to bed usually around anywhere between 11.30 and midnight. Uh, and then uh, she'll get up at about 3 o'clock. I'll feed her again, um, put her down at 3.30, and then she'll get up at 6 o'clock, and Melanie gets up with her. Um, but again, that that's all assuming that Haley actually cooperates right. with our schedule. Um, you know, so like last night, or a couple nights ago, she woke up at 1.30, and I'm like, no, it's not time yet. So I'm trying to rock <laughs> her back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then she, I finally get her to fall asleep. 2.30, she wakes up again. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess you can eat now. So I feed her. I put her back down at 3, 3.15. And then 4 o'clock, she wakes up again. So that's finally when I'm like, all right, Melanie, it's your turn, you know? <laughs> um, and so in, in the midst of all that, you know, I, like, I'm sleeping from, what was that? So I, I put her down at midnight. So I'm sleeping from 12 to 1.30. And then I'm sleeping again from two from 1.30 to 2.30. And then after I lay her down, I'm sleeping from 3.30 to 4. And then I, I slept until about about 7.30 or 8 o'clock. So it's just all this broken up sleep. You know, your body just gets tired, but it adapts. You get used to it, and you move on. Yep. You learn how to live. You learn how to live. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of remember those times. <laughs> but, but I think, you know. I think that's part of the process. Yeah, I think that you know you're so tired that you also don't remember everything about that right, time. Which, and I think which that's is, a good is thing. Is a good thing exactly. <laughs> and and you know Melanie actually reminded me of this. You know, it, it's like the nice thing about it, it's just a season. Yep. Um. You know, I mean, we look at our our older daughter Callie, who's you know almost three. She's like two and three quarters. And and we're like, you know, it's great. We we put her down to bed at seven thirty, and she sleeps until seven a.m. You know, she sleeps yep. for like twelve hours. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, it's nice. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll be, you know, we'll be getting there eventually. It's just a season of time where you're getting up with her every couple hours and, and that kind of sucks and you get tired, but, um, and yeah, it's all, it's all kind of a blur, but I I think, uh, I think it's actually a good thing, um, that you don't remember it. Yeah. Once you kind of get through that first for us, for both kids, it was about six weeks. And once, once we got through that, we were getting, you know, chunks of sleep again, and it's like well, all of a sudden the thing. sun was shining in your yeah, face. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, I can, I can live I noticed again. that. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing, it was, it was about a week ago, maybe five or six days ago, Haley actually slept like five straight hours. It was unbelievable. Uh, you know, I, I put her to bed at, like, it, it was, it was a little after midnight, it was like 1230, 12, 15, 12, and she didn't wake up. Until almost six o'clock, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we got we got a sleeper on our yeah. hands," you know. Yeah, uh, for us, Henry was, I think, almost always a pretty good sleeper. Yeah, it didn't take him long to adjust to sleeping at nighttime, you know. And but but for us, it's always like, you know, in the, in the hospital when he sleeps for like a few hours in a row, you're like, "What's going on? <laughs> Is he breathing? You know, Is, he okay? <laughs> Is everything all right?" It's like yeah, everything's fine. Everything's it's good. Just, so. Yeah, so yeah, so Haley, you know, she slept really good one night and then ever you know, ever since then it's like she's been just all over the place. Yeah. She totally off her schedule. We keep trying to get her back on the schedule of like eleven thirty, three o'clock and six, 
and she just doesn't really want anything to do with it now. So I don't. She'll know. give up. Yeah, she'll 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 give in. Yep. She'll finally submit. They always do. Submit my my feeding mm-hmm. schedule. Do you no. have to do stuff to wake her up during the day? No. 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 Yeah, she she is um she's been a lot a lot better about sleeping than than Callie. You know, Callie was not much of a sleeper. Um but but is is it's like she has Haley has this internal clock, you know, after about like two, two and a half hours, like if she does fall asleep during the day, she'll kinda of start wrestling awake and you know, she'll start fussing a little bit and, and you know, she's ready for a bottle. So, you know, you you get you get her, you know. The the hardest thing that I've found with babies is it, it's so one way, you know, because it, it's all you trying to meet their needs. There's no like reciprocity. Mm-hmm. At least when they get older. Reciprocity. You know, like, yeah. Reciprocity. Reciprocity. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut you some slack thanks man i'm tired yeah (laughs) yeah like like a respirator or (laughs) some kind of respiratory system um thank you Mm -hmm. um anyway but at least when they're older you uh you get like smiles and you know they're cooing and cawing and and you know they're uh you know as as they get older two three four months you know they're they're kind of giving you some feedback but right now Mm -hmm. it's just like like they just look like stoned all the time you know, like this glazed over look. By the way, if I hesitate when I'm saying one of your daughter's names, <laughs> it's because it's like, okay, because each one could be the second half. I know. So it's like Callie or Kaylee. Yeah. Or, or Haley or Howie. I you know, know right? Like, like each one could be one or the you other. You know what? You're you're not the first person. So, I, you know what? I've I've even done that. I've said I said I've said uh hey Kaylee and Howie come over here you know or whatever you know our our yeah. two daughters Callie or Kaylee and Hallie so yeah is is Callie and Haley all right which which I know it so be, I just have to pause for a second to make sure I'm going to say the right thing you know when we were when we were choosing names Melanie really loved the name Haley and 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 I did too mm-hmm. um and and uh, you know I I kind of I kind of told her well you know it might be a little confusing and you know people might say instead of saying um, Haley, they might say Hallie, they might say Callie and Hallie, uh, or they might say Kaylee and Haley. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I just really like the name Haley. And you know, so it's all good. Yep. Uh, but now, right now, it's now cute. we're, now we're getting people who are getting really confused and, and I do it too, <laughs> man. I've, I've totally just, especially uh, when you're tired. Yeah. You, you totally just say the wrong name. Yeah. I figure eventually I'll, I'll learn the, the names of my daughter <laughs> and, uh, I'll, I'll learn my daughter's names, and then we'll be we'll be all good. Yep. So anyway, we're here to talk about songwriting. Yes. And that seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, that kind of does. But hey, I got to tell you, songwriting is like my new hobby. Yeah, it's it's my it's your new passion. I'm I'm totally in love with songwriting right wow, now. Wow, that's awesome! Because the last song I wrote was <sighs> the one a song, for your daughter. It was a song for Haley. Yep. <laughs> And that and that was a good like uh, three months ago or something. See, the last song I finished was for Valentine's Day. I wrote a song for my wife. Oh, might even play it. Such a romantic, David. But um, yeah. Well, I hadn't written her a song since our wedding, so okay, well, so I figured it was time. I had Melanie say that. She's like, you know, Kevin, it's been a while since you wrote me a song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Yeah, it's been like four years. It's like, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't really think about it. If I can get you know another seven years of time out of this one, I figure that's pretty good. 
<laughs> You're like, I'm good for another seven yep. years. No, I, but. So you've been digging writing the songs. I've been digging it. And this book's been helpful. Yeah, this book and other books. This book is kind what, of started. What, uh, it and, what other books have you been reading on songwriting? Well, I just, I finished up last time I mentioned I finished up writing better lyrics uh, by Pat Pattison. And what is the one I'm reading now? It's called The Art of Writing Great Lyrics or something. Cool. And uh, when when you are writing lyrics, do you um go online to like a online thesaurus or do you you know, do you do like a rhyming dictionary type yeah, of thing? Yeah, rhyming dictionary and thesaurus are the two things I use the most. Yeah. If I get if I really get stuck, a lot of times it only takes me focusing on writing the lyrics to be able to crank it out. But sometimes, like, it's not feeling quite right, and I, and if I, then I, then I'll go and look for something that I just can't like. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, of something I've done recently. But well, one song I'm working on. Um, what is that line? I'm not going to be able to remember it now that I need to be able to remember it. I can't even think of the title of the song that I'm working on. You're like, it is my song, right? Talk, Kevin, so I can figure this out. Well, David's trying to look up a song he wrote, which uh, which actually, that's an interesting point. How uh, how often do we forget our own material? Isn't that sad? Doesn't it is kind of sad. Like, so we did one of my songs this last weekend, and it took me like playing through it once to remember the stuff that I did. <laughs> and then, like, I couldn't, I, then I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't sing and play the stuff that I was putting. Yeah, I, I was. I was trying to um, a while ago. I was trying to reference a worship song that I had written. Um, that we've been that we've done at our church, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like that one song that I wrote. The um, um, wait, uh, wait, how's it go? And you know, it's like <laughs> you totally, your mind totally draws a blank. You know, I'm like, it is. It's kind of like, what are the words? You. Know? So the funny thing is, it's been sitting right here on my desk, oh, and go. I couldn't even remember it. Way to go! <laughs> here, it, here it is. All right, so, um, so here's here's where I'm kind of stuck on this one. There's a couple of lines. Um, for one, it's one is on the chorus. Um, so the, the lines are "Amazing God, the Perfect King." The original line I wrote was "The Author and Creator of All Things," which I like. But when I put it on some forums, they're like, well, it's kind of redundant to say the author and creator. Hmm. And, you know, in songwriting, you don't have very many words. Like, so you, you need every word to count. You intentional. Know? And so then I was toying with the idea of beautiful creator of all things. Huh. But I don't, I don't know if I like it as much as the author and creator of all things, you know, like author and creator, they're kind of different. Like in my mind, when you think like author, it's kind of like you think of like, like an architect and then the creator is like the, the construction guy, like who actually builds it, you know, and that God is both of those is kind of cool when you think about creation. Mm. But, um, here's another one. So my first verse it doesn't do an A, B, A, B rhyme, but my second verse does. But my second verse only does because I can't think of another word that doesn't rhyme with the A. All right. So um, the second verse is, I stand amazed in your salvation, amazed by your matchless gift of grace. 
you took my life of desolation and created a new life in its place. Now, the only reason that salvation rhymes with desolation is because I can't find another word that fits with desolation that has the right number of syllables that doesn't rhyme with salvation. <laughs> and I've looked, you know, I've looked into sources, I've looked in rhyming dictionaries and, and like everything I can think of to come up with another word that says what desola- desolation says, mm. but it isn't that word. Like how how can I make this work? Yeah, and I can't come up with a way. So for now, verse one, the rhyming scheme doesn't match the same as verse two. But at least you're aware of it. I'm aware of it. Is that something that you'd want to change, or is that something that like how important is rhyming to you in your songs? Does does it have to follow the same rhyming it's, structure? Of the everything verses? I've read says that you're supposed to yeah like all the different authors that i've read say that that's like a pretty important rule that you're not supposed to break Mm -hmm. but it's pretty close you know it's not my b lines rhyme in both verses right it's just not your a line it's just my a line so Uh, i don't know i don't know if anyone that's not a songwriter will notice well you know (sighs) That that's an interesting question. How how much do people notice? And I, you know, here's here's my thought. I don't know if people notice per se. Like, oh no, his A line didn't rhyme. But there's something that catches your ear when when a song flows. When there is a song that just makes sense, like it just it resonates with you. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what people notice when a song resonates. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's true. And and I think there are probably other things about it that are more important to that than your rhyming scheme, like like your melody, right? Which is a perfect bridge into what where we're picking up. Here today. we go. But um, not to brag because I I'm really not trying to brag. I'm just using my own songs because and and my in, interaction with people about my songs because that's all I have. Yeah. Know? Um. But there are there are a few of my songs that that I'll get feedback on where people say your song gets stuck in my head, you know, ah, which is that's always a good a very good thing, right? And um, and that's and so I think you know for my choruses I have that strength a lot of times as a songwriter, and my verses I always struggle with melody in my verses. Yeah, always. Why, why is it that choruses are so much easier? I don't know. They are for me too. It's yeah. like it's like I, I can get that chorus, but then I'll struggle with the words on a verse. It's tough. I struggle with the words. I always a lot of times I'll struggle with the words on the second verse. Like a lot of times the first verse will come pretty easily and lead right into the chorus. But thinking through some of the things we've talked about, like your second verse should shine a totally different light mm. on your chorus. Mm. And so then I kind of like freak myself out a little bit. It's like, well, I can't say the same oh thing no. I said in the first verse. <laughs> I got to do it different. So how can I look at the course differently? And so, but um, it's, you know, just kind of, I always feel like my verses are, are the weak part and I don't, and I always feel like it, the melody is one of the things like, <sighs> like I sent one of my songs to a while back when I was working at my last church to Miriam Gibby. And her critique of it was that the melody was too repetitive. Mm. It's like, and so, so then that, you know, it's like shines a spotlight on all of your songs, and you start thinking about 
Well, yeah, that's that's kind of true on a lot of my songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoops. Stupid I, critique. I guess I do Why that. do I have to do that to myself? You know, why do I let people tell me what's wrong? <laughs> I shouldn't do that, but... That's how you, the only way you get better. That's why we're doing this whole podcast anyway. Uh, yeah. you, you got you got to have self-evaluation. You got to have other people evaluating. Yep. So, um, so that's, you know, I read this, I read this, I remember, you know, this chapter being helpful. But when you, when you're writing a melody, how do you do it? You know, honestly, I was actually thinking about that in in the uh, light and context of of this chapter, and I don't know if it's just uniquely me, or um, you know, or maybe I just don't put enough time or thought into it. But for me, like melodies have always come pretty naturally. You know, the thing I struggle with most is the words, and when when I uh, you know, when when I'm sitting down working on a song, you know, I'll first thing I'll work on is like the chords, you know, and usually out of the chords, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll then kind of have some kind of a hook. And, and it's like, from there, I, I don't know, like the, the rhythmic stuff and the melody just seems to fall in place. Now, what I'll end up doing a lot of times is tweaking the rhythm, the rhythmic thing to, to make it a little bit more singable. Like we, um, you know, we had this congregational song and, and and I was doing like a lot of off beats, you know, do 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 do, and and so so I changed the rhythm a little bit more, um, to make it more singable. But um, yeah, I I I found that my my melody lines, mostly what what I what I first what first pops out of my mouth or what first pops you know out out of my voice or in my head. Is usually what I end up with, and um, and I don't know again if that's just because I don't put much time or thought into it. Um, what what I have done is changed a few of the notes uh, to like go down instead of up. You know, like um, oh, what was one song? Um, uh, da, 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 your word is a lie. Do 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 do. All glory to you. You know, so just you know, little things like all glory to you or all glory to you. You know, um, little little, little just variances of that. Yeah. You know, what whatever seems to be more appealing. I don't know. Yeah, like I'll try and I'll try and kind of do the same thing. Like um, the song I'm working on. It's like it's. So like that's the first line of the first verse. So then I the second one was like so like because like I want to change it, but then I but then I repeat it, you know. So then I do the same on the first line, on the third line, and the second on the fourth. It's like and and that's the you know, but that's the other thing that I've I've tried to do with um congregational songs that I've written. I've tried to make them very simple and very singable. Um, when, when I, when I was writing a few, uh, songs, worship songs, I started looking like at Chris Tomlin songs, you know, because his, his songs by and large are probably the most, uh, widely sung worship, worship music in the church today. I mean, Chris Tomlin has just cranked out, you know, song after song that it are being sung all over the world in churches. And so I'm like, all right, well, he's using some kind of formula or something that's pretty successful. 
uh, people are singing his songs. And I found that really a lot of what it is, it's just, it, it's simple, repetitive things. So like the verses are always the same, you know? Um, um, and usually what he'll do like on the CD is on the second verse, he'll kind of get a little stylistic and do his little, right. uh, you know, mm-hmm. but, but mostly really what we're talking about is, is, you know, the verses, if it's like a four line verse, um, I mean, it, it's, it's like a mirrored pattern, you know, he'll do that with his melodies. Uh, it, it makes it easy to remember. Yeah. And that's, with the, I, ha- I had an interesting discussion with somebody about hymns, a young person who loves hymns. I know who you're talking yeah, about. I'm sure you probably do, but I'm not going to mention any names, but, um, I don't think they listen to this podcast, but you never know. <laughs> Because there are quite a few people who do now. Um, so anyway, it's it was interesting when you think about the melody of a, of a hymn. It's not like the melodies in the courses that are the songs that we're writing today. Right, right. So, for instance, let me just take "This Is My Father's World." So, this is my father's world, and to my listening ear. Sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. Mm-hmm. Four lines, none of them are the same. Right, right. Um, and then you get to the chorus. This is my father's world. Now let me not be sad. So the last two lines are the same as of the, the chorus are kind of the same as the end of the verse. Yep. They're not identical. But I remember those without fail. Hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah. can I can sing you almost any hymn, at least the melody of it, and it's and yeah, I've sung them my whole life, and I've but I haven't. I don't think I've sung hymns by at this point in my life as many times as I've sung a lot of the contemporary songs because I've sung these contemporary songs hundreds of times, <laughs> right? Because by the time we do, you know, by the time we retire a contemporary song, think about how many times you've right. actually sung it, counting all the rehearsals and, and all the times that you've listened to it. And just, you know, we've done those songs a lot. But when I think back to um, uh, what was, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? You know, I can remember those. Uh-huh. And... It's got to be because of the melody. Um. So, so what are you saying that contemporary songs don't have that kind of memorable melody? I don't think our contemporary worship does. I think there are people writing music today who do, and they're the ones that stand out. And you know who I? Th- they're they're some of our favorites, like Coldplay. Yeah. When you yeah. listen to a Coldplay song. It, it's not it's not a one one line melody that repeats over and over and over again like sometimes they do that but not all the time a lot of times they'll do kind of like like this example in the book of freely freely god forgave my sin in jesus name in jesus you know like that's a lot of if you listen to what some of the songs they'll they'll kind of take a pattern and repeat it at, on different notes. Right, on so like, like, a, like a third above. Like You know, something kind of like that. So so it's really got me thinking, like, when I write a song, should I... 
should I have a melody that that's more than four hmm. bars or more than eight bars? See, well, it's interesting you say this because because I I've always you know yeah I mean I, I hear you're saying but I I feel a little differently because I I've always kind of you know said to myself man if I can make just a simple melody like and, and just be able to to have it be memorable and simple like it will stick with people. And I and I and I know that's like that's the point of this book, <laughs> and that's the point of like all contemporary worship. But my argument is: is it memorable anymore? Huh? Because that's what everyone is doing. Like all all contemporary worship music is doing that. And at some point, I think like there's there's so much of it that it's not that you can't remember it anymore because it's all so simple. That none of it stands out that that makes it memorable. It's like too too much of the same. Yeah. So. So maybe maybe what was memorable initially because it was so simple is not memorable anymore because it's the same. I could be off base, hmm. but interesting know. interesting theory. It's at least worth thinking about when we're when we're shaping the melody. Yeah. Shaping our melodies. So with that, <laughs> so um, so we're we're still uh, finishing up chapter four here, <laughs> but um, we talked about I know we talked about this the last time about the right key, about making sure that we we write our songs in the right key and changing the key to and, you know experiment with the key to make sure we find the right key. Um, and it's kind of something we've talked about as worship leaders in the past, right? You know, D- different songs sound better in mm-hmm. different keys, and and your congregation needs to be able to sing it. Yeah, which which but, is a constant battle for oh, worship no. leaders. I know it. Well, especially you know when you got the the Chris Tomlins of the world who now are producing all their albums like extra notches higher because it sounds good on his voice. Yeah, it's like, well, hey, buddy, not everyone has a Chris Tomlin voice, so uh, we can't, you know, we can't sing these songs and you know we can't sing jesus messiah and the king of key of b you know right. um well and it's you know and it's a battle because you have your guitarist right who goes <laughs> and learns the song like it is on the cd and then it's like sometimes they can't transpose it down right. to where you want you know like they run out of frets and right. so it's not as simple as just moving it then they have to completely learn it in a different way it, gosh, we're doing this new song this Sunday. Um, I'm teaching it to our church kind of in preparation for Easter because I, I want them to know it by the time Easter rolls around. Mm-hmm. Uh, great song, um, uh, My Savior Lives from a New Life Worship, Ross Parsley, John yeah. Egan. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really cool song. And and uh, it's in the key of B, which is just a touch too high. Mm-hmm. So we're dropping it down to G. Same thing, you know, mm-hmm. where there, there's, a, there's this great... Um, uh, there's this great little guitar guitar lick to start the song off. It's like this uh, double kick snare quarter note thing, and you know the guitar is going, you know. So so yeah, it's like I, I give the the audio to my guitarist, and then it's like, oh, and by the way, we're doing this in a different key. So please learn this in G. Do 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 do. You know, it's like different. Uh, Different key, little, little more of a challenge. I'm mean, G is an easier key, but yeah, how do you, how do you well, get? It? And it and it does suck all the life out of the song. Like like we do, let God arise, right? 
and that's in B yeah. on the recording. Yeah. But we do it in G so people can sing it. Yeah. And when when he's you know when our guitarist he does a great job he plays it you know perfectly just but it just doesn't have any of the life that the key of B has uh, and it's not the guitarist's fault you know it's Chris Tomlin's fault <laughs> dang it come on Chris help us out uh, he does like all his songs in B and and C and those are good keys good like keys one of the songs I won't change the key on is Glory in the Highest. We do that it's one like, in C. In the highest. Mm. That one. It's like you're screaming by the end of that song, but you know what? <laughs> that song, you gotta have the power at the end of that song. Mm. You need to be screaming it, or it's not gonna feel like glory in the highest. Yeah. It's gonna feel like mediocrity glory in the highest. In the high- mediocrity in the middle, I guess, would be a better way of saying it. But <laughs> uh, all right. So we're <laughs> Uh, this we got to finish up here on melody, but he kind of closes up uh, with two two kind of key things here, and we're out of time, so we're going to wrap this up here. But uh, the wings of a song and melody that moves rapidly need that needs to have its wings tucked in. Um, <laughs> a slower melody can benefit from wider intervals. So it's, if you think about it, you know, think about a fast song. You don't want to have a lot of jumping around. Um, trying to think of a fast song um that's a good example of this my savior lives <laughs> <laughs> my savior my savior lives that doesn't jump around a whole lot but um well like let god arise hear the holy roar of god resound once the waters pop before us now just steps in between <laughs> you know I gotta rise, I gotta rise. You know, when he when he does jump, he slows the rhythm down enough so you can get there. Uh, another, I just saw this, um, Our God Saves, Paul Balash, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. in the name of the Spirit, three in one. And then that chorus, Our God Saves, Our God Saves. You know, very, very intentional, very do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, so if you're gonna have jumps, you have to slow it, slow the rhythm down, so you can get there. Yeah, and not be. We're not yodelers, so we gotta keep that in mind. But in a slow song, if you slow, if you don't have jumps, then I think you lose a lot of interest in it pretty quickly. So, and the staying power of a great melody. Don't let that song out of your hands until it can until you're convinced it has the best melody you can give it. Best melody ever. Write a write a melody people can write on. Something they can hum. So something that's stuck in their head. So after a month or more, <laughs> we finally got through melody. Alright, so but chapter five, next episode, harmony. Talking about harmonies that enhance. Harmony that enhances. This has been Worship Ministry Catalyst. We're here for you. We're sorry we've been gone for so long, but we are worship pastors with lives that get away sometimes. Sorry I had a baby, guys. (laughs) I'll I'll tell my wife. But you can can get in touch with us online at worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send us emails to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can join our social network, worshipministrycatalyst.com. Thanks for listening. We hope to hear from you again soon.